Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. AEW Dynamite After Show, and have we got a good one for you. We've got MJF and Adam Cole being best friends. We've also got the Blackpool Don Callis Club, and so much more. But before we get into all that, allow me to introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by none other than the legendary future Hall of Fame referee, Jimmy Corderas. Corderoy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. And with an intro like that, I'm even better. Thank you. We were saying, I was about to say pal, but as we said offline, there, uh, yeah. my good friend Flobo says pal is the super kick of words. So I didn't want to super kick you to start, start oh, the show. Yeah, it's someone else's finish. It's always- <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're not going to sell it anyways. So right. um, we have already, we got a bunch of folks in the chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Give us a little five-star review on Apple while you're there too. Uh, even if you're not on Apple, go to Apple, leave a five-star review. Let's game the system. uh anyways let's get into some news here uh not a whole lot of big news the only real news i saw a couple things uh the ratings came out for collision and they are down a little bit came out to 452,000 viewers across the two hours down 24 percent from the previous week um and then in the demo it came out to 0.13 down 37% from the previous week. Uh, Now, I know that if you're just reading these out loud, it sounds like doom and gloom, but Jimmy, I feel like as the show's on for a little bit, probably going to drop a little bit more even before it settles into its final numbers. I guess it will. And and again, you got to remember, it is a tough time slot. Saturday nights between 8 and 10 p.m., it's difficult, especially now that the, uh, you know, uh, at least in WWE, Premium live events slash pay-per-views are on Saturday nights as well. Um, and I, yes, I get it. Like I said, 150 times on this program here on all the programs, I get it. People can, you know, tune into it later, DVR it, or whatever you can, if you still use VHS, whatever the case may be. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? You can watch it later. Not in the demo if you're using VHS, by the way. <laughs> exactly. But hey, you never know. But uh, again, this is a TV market and there's a lot of programming, wrestling programming on television nowadays. So it's tough to, to gain that audience and people get settled into certain nights and you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people who are married and want to stay married. So you can't watch wrestling seven nights a week. Right, right. And again, I think this is it's one of those things where the show starts. Everyone's interested. What's it all about? What am I going to see? You get that big number for the first episode. It's going to drop a little bit because people have now seen it and the mystery is gone. And then as it goes on, you're going to settle all the people who are really just trying to figure out where they're at or what where they're at with it or if they're going to record it or whatever are going to start sifting out and i'm not a ratings expert i have a feeling it'll probably end up steadily around the 250 mark and i'm just guessing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not an expert i'm terrible at these kind of things but that's just my, my prediction 
No, but my only issue with that is, is that good enough for the people at, uh, at Turner? Are they, would they be happy with those numbers? You know, maybe it is something to think about changing time slots, especially on a Saturday and try to uh, reinvigorate that audience at, at that and reinvent the 605 time slot like they used to back in the day. Yeah, it'd be fun if they're able to get that going. Uh, frankly, I think the shows have been great. I think they've been doing a really good job. But yeah, that's just a brutal time slot. I don't know if mm -hmm. my my work and I think a lot of people who are on this channel's work keeps them away because a lot of us are in wrestling or in events or things like that. So Saturdays are going to be tough for a lot of us in general. Um, one of the reasons why we didn't cover the shows these past two weekends because mm -hmm. we're busy. Um, Stephen Camp, though, throw it out. Tape trading, like the good old days. Oh, and tape trading was actually the good old days. I'll be honest. Yeah. With you. If I, I go into, if I go into my call, crawl space and pull out some some tapes, man, I can only imagine what's in there. There was, I mean, you can't explain it to kids these days. And I know I feel like the old guy, but like I've always said, you would get a tape because you'd find out there's this the one wrestler you like is on it. But then you'd see all these other wrestlers, and you're like, who is this? What are they? Like, what? Who are they? Well, this is crazy. And like, it it opens you up to mm -hmm. then a it's like a, a tree that just branches off into all these different directions. Like, this is so cool, this stuff that I get to watch mm -hmm. and see. And um, all, tape trading was just fun. It was a fun yeah. time. Absolutely. We're, we're spoiled with, uh, I always compare it to my Spotify playlists. Like, back in the day when I had CDs, I loved all my music. But now that I have all my music available at all the times, I only really like like 5% of the stuff on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just keep skipping. I put random, I keep mm -hmm. hitting skip, even though I used to just listen to everything. Now, mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I hear you. Del Dellen in the chat. Uh, we're going to be taking uh, some more chats today. I feel I like I like being loosey goosey with the chats. Uh, sure. Jimmy. So I'm going to pull yeah. a bunch of them up. So, by the way, if you're watching, feel free. Don't just lurk. Throw in a comment. Here's a pro tip, though. If you comment about the part we're talking about, mm -hmm. more likely I'm going to pull it up. Also, if you say jerky things, I'm probably just not going to pull you up. So just be aware, know how to play the game, say something that we're going to want to talk about. That's Time how to play the game. Time to play the game. Uh, Dylan though says, why have the wrestling internet dirt sheets been saying for the past two pay-per-views that Randy Orton is returning to WWE and he hasn't returned yet. D Dylan, uh, Dylan, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I apologize, but I think that this is a very good lesson in maybe don't trust all everything you read on the internet. That's very true because you know, like you and it's, they're careful with the wording too. Uh, rumor has it we've heard that it possibly could return at, it, you know, whatever Money in the Bank, or he could return at whatever pay per view it might be. Oh, now we're going to probably have uh, information yeah. that he may be returning at SummerSlam or whatever. They, you know, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's there. There are definitely certain sites that tend to be a little bit more reliable than others, but even then you got to be careful about mm -hmm. what you're reading. I always say, especially with wrestling, because wrestling in general is such a, um, I always compare it to magic, the magic business, because you're always trying to trick people, you know, look over here while this is happening and, and whatnot. And so even if you're hearing things from a reliable source, you don't know if they're really just trying to get you to think one way so that something else plays out a different way, if that makes sense. No, it does uh, make sense. It makes sense to me, at least anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, when you hear someone saying Randy Orton may be back, it, it may be because they're trying to get you to think something so that when something else happens, mm -hmm. you know, it primes you. So you just got to be careful. Just don't believe I, everything you read on the Internet. Yeah. yeah and and to, just to, to let you to, to capitalize on that, you look at some of the surprises we got at this past uh, premium live event at WWE. They were nice surprises because they didn't leak out. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Uh, Jeffrey Sullivan, by the way, saying Jimmy Corderas is my all-time favorite referee, bar none. Jeffrey, thank you so much. That means a lot. I, I, it honestly does. I, you know, I, I'm not just saying that. That, that. That's very cool because there's been some awesome referees that I've learned from that uh, that I respect and uh, look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm going to keep beating the drum until eventually you get that phone call from Stanford, and they're like, Jimmy, Hall of Fame time. And then I'm going to be there clapping for my living room when I watch the, uh, well, maybe I'll be there. I don't know. It depends I'm when it happens, where, where, yeah. where, wherever it happens. happens. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll happen in London, England. You never know. <laughs> I'll be there in London. No, I should be. I'll be, if you get, if you go in, I'm going over there, Jimmy. It's good. I'll be there awesome. for you. Clapping. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> the rock will be like, can I come in? Like, sorry, last ticket was sold to a guy named Jack Farmer. 
<laughs> Sorry, Rock. Get out of here. <laughs> but you're uh, number one on the wait list. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah. yeah, we also, uh, real quick, also, as everyone is uh, building up in the chat, uh, Diamante, a wrestler who's been seen a lot on. Uh, it was on AEW Dark a lot, kind of a staple there. Also has now been on Ring of Honor a lot. The um, It looks like Fightful is reporting that she has signed a long-term, or uh, I guess she went from being a tier zero deal, is what they called it, to a full-time contract. So um, hasn't been on Dynamite a lot, per se. Uh, well, just hasn't been on Dynamite a lot, not per se. Just, that's just... I should have ended it right there. Hasn't been a lot on Dyna, on Dynamite a lot, but I I just wanted to bring this up, Jimmy, because as you know, you have to put in so much work before you get one of these contracts, and a lot of times it's stuff a lot of people don't see. And so I just I think it's great that she's got the opportunity, she's got the contract, and just congratulations to her for a lot of hard work that she's been putting in, even if she's not on the network television shows. Yeah, but it would be nice to see her on the network television shows, and that's one of the issues here. Uh, I don't think. Uh... Other than, like you said, on, on, on AEW Dark and on their web programs, they don't utilize the women enough. They have a mm-hmm. strong women's division. They do. They have some really talented women there that they think need to feature more because I thought with Rampage and now Collision, we would see more of them. Here's an opportunity to do that, to showcase your ladies. Yes. So hopefully we see her more. She's she's actually great. I'm a big fan of hers when she's on. So hopefully we get to see her more often. I do think that we're getting to a point where we definitely have our – stars of the women's division but now we got to start filling in the rest of that roster that we see because obviously the outcasts are the stars Britt baker's a star now it's time to start getting some of those other characters that they can interact with so it's not just outcasts versus Britt baker and company right. every single week uh, but we'll talk about that in a second mm-hmm. uh one more time before we get into the show thank you everyone who's with us uh like comment share subscribe and um if you're here in the chat thank you for joining us if you're lurking feel free to say hi real quick uh it's a friendly group in here or if you want to keep lurking that's fine too you can always leave a comment afterwards as well uh but today as i said before if you're coming in a little bit late i'm gonna be a little fast and loose with the comment section jimmy i'm gonna start highlighting some and bringing them in again i would recommend to everybody talk about what we're talking about at the moment so i can segued into the conversation and you you might get your stuff on there maybe save you some super chat bucks the bosses might get mad at me but i don't (laughs) care (laughs) he said it boss oh sorry (laughs) uh so well um so everyone in the chat by the way lance dominguez jonathan torres mike rouse in the house we got uh george we got ricky we got tuck graph we got jr smith clay 40 and adams huffman elite training Stephen Camp, Lego Brick Collector, and a bunch of other folks. Carrie Johnson, thank you guys, Baxter. Thank you guys so much for coming through. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, hop on into the chat. Let's talk about this show, Jimmy. Sure. Let's talk about this start. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland teaming up against Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Before the match, Darby gasses up Keith Lee, and he probably later regrets it. But mm-hmm. the story of the match is Keith Lee is an unstoppable, all-powerful force. Swerve is the opportunistic partner that pops in when he can take advantage of the situation. And Darby and Orange Cassie are kind of like two sides of the same coin in that they are undersized underdogs who can take Mm -hmm. a beating but find a way to get a win by doing things their own way. Uh, Eventually, the miscommunication between Lee and Swerve causes them to lose, and Darby and Cassidy get the win. This, to me... I know we've had some trouble with Keith Lee getting consistent time, and I know we have trouble with Swerve taking a bunch of losses. Mm-hmm. Those guys, though, I feel like they jump off the screen when they're on TV, Jimmy. Is it just me, or do you feel the same way? Which two guys? Uh, Swerve? Not well, Swerve. I, um, so yeah, Swerve and Keith Lee is who I'm talking about. We'll talk. I mean, Orange Cassidy and Darby do okay. also, but, but they're getting yeah. wins in time, so I'm not as worried it, about that. No, yeah, Keith Lee is a, is a monster, and here's a guy you can really capitalize on, and yes, it's when you see two and you use the term and I'll use it too, undersized guys on the other side thinking, man, how are these guys uh, with all the talent they do have going to get past these two guys, man. Uh, they did an okay job where Swerve was the guy who cost his team the match for lack of a better term. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's, it's weird because 
you're getting uh, these tag teams that can they coexist kind of things, right? And I wasn't a big fan of uh, Darby Allen's promo prior to the match. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, why would you gas up an already gassed up Keith Lee? Right. You know, here's a, here's right. a guy who could do some damage. And, and, and it just doesn't seem like the smart thing to do. Let's put it that way. But um, it was it was fun for what it was. Had its moments where, you, you know, little things. Again, one of the problems I have with AEW is a little too much outside, too long. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, they don't come in to break the count when they, but that's, you know, again, neither here nor there. That's ongoing issue with them. But uh, yeah, a fun match. Yeah, got to the conclusion they wanted. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe there could have been a little bit of a more um, creative way to get there, but hey. Yeah, it was, um, I just, I feel like, because we, every time I forget, I'll be honest, I forget how much of a force Keith Lee looks like when he's in the ring because uh, he's not on as often. And when he's on, I'm like, this is your, you know, we talk about the different people who could be the unstoppable big guys in mm -hmm. AEW. And I see him and I was like, this is your guy. I mean, he can move. I mean, he caught Darby with one hand at one point when he tried to do some bounce off the ropes. And it just, he just has that presence. And again, I'm a huge Swerve Strickland fan. I'm, I'm going to promote him for till the end of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't really understand why Darby was, I don't know why you needed Darby hyping up Keith Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I like that you give him a rep on, you know, talking. I think we need to hear more of Darby, but it also just felt weird. Like, why are you hyping up your opponent? Who, yeah. by the way, is, is, is not the kind of person you want hyped up. It's not like he's hyping up, you know, we'll talk about Nick Wayne later, like a young kid mm -hmm. who just got there and is, you know, starry-eyed and <laughs> unaware of what he's about to get into. It's mm -hmm. a massive guy who's been around the block a few times and is going to beat the tar out of you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and you, you hit the nail right on the head. Why are you jacking up a guy this big who could do that damage? Uh, so uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, they get the win uh, here. Obviously, they move on. I think that's probably the right call because those guys are uh, loved, over. beloved. They're over. They're over. I think Keith Lee and Swerve. I think the obvious thing is they're going to have a one-on-one -on -one down the road and mm -hmm. you, they already have a lot of odd couple tag teams in this tournament. So I don't right. think you need to keep the odd couple tag team, especially because as we'll get to, there's one odd couple tag team that is the odd couple tag team of this tournament. Um, but uh, we got a few comments here. Uh, George saying, I understand that OC is a popular talent, but he is really being pushed down our throats weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, this is an interesting question or an interesting thought, uh, and mm -hmm. I want to get your take on it because sometimes I feel one of AEW's biggest weaknesses are we don't see people regularly, but OC mm -hmm. is getting featured weekly, and now mm -hmm. this comment of him being shoved down our throats is here. Do you think wh – where do you stand on that? Is he being shoved down our throats or is he being consistent? Uh, I don't think he's being technically shoved down our throats. I think they see that there is a likability with him and they are trying to put him out there as, as frequently as possible. And, and when you do something like that, you run the risk of people getting tired of seeing them and mm -hmm. they don't feel special anymore. And that's probably why we got that comment we just got is because, hey, here's a guy that I'm into. I'm liking him. But when I see him in the opening match every week, you know, eventually I'm going to go, OK, here he is again. And right. I think that's what's happening here is uh, just overdoing a good thing. Yeah, I got uh, Tutgraf saying shoved down our throats is a harsh term. But Lance Dominguez says, George, I couldn't agree more. Um, Brandy's saying I'm tired of seeing Orange Cassidy. And Danny's mm -hmm. saying I like Orange Cassidy, but he does have to open the show every week. There or does go. he have to open the show every week? Uh, and facts, Jimmy. I like how you worded it, even though I don't like Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan. I think I have I say this stuff a lot, though. I think I, we need a story with him. You look at a lot of the other people who you see regularly. Like I always like to compare people who aren't in the same company because then it feels like it, it highlights a little bit more. But you look at like a, a Alpha Academy in in WWE, they have a story. It's like, hey, we're bringing on Maxine. We're doing this, and it's not like the greatest story ever told but at least there's like a development each week as opposed to just this person is on tv and i think that's mm -hmm. one of the disconnects is i love orange cassidy and he's having these great matches but now i need to see 
like a story start to play out like an like what is he doing other than just showing up and having and, matches and, and and he it's almost like and i hate to put it this way the same shtick every week mm-hmm. you know it, it you need to see some a little bit of variety i mean like you don't have to change everything up completely but give us a little bit of a different flavor so um, we got a, a chat in here I wanted to mention to you from Best in the Smokers World. It says, yo, Jimmy, last week was the 25th anniversary of Hell in a Cell with Mankind and Undertaker. I saw you down there tending to Mick. What do you remember about that night? Oh, my goodness. I, how, how can you forget all that stuff? The, the reaction, you know, with Mick going off the top of the cage through the announce table, then getting chokeslammed through the cage, and then the thumbtacks and everything. But the thing I remember most is <clears throat> after the match, when Mick was in the trainer's room, I popped my head and I wanted to make it just to see how he was doing. And of course the dead man was in there too, making sure that Mick was okay. And as the, as the doctor and the trainer were plucking thumbtacks out of him, literally plucking thumbtacks out of him, he was asking Taker, he said, did we get to this spot? Did we do this? Did, are you sure we got, you know what I mean? He, he didn't yeah. remember stuff. Yeah. And that's when I said, Oh, maybe I need to not be here. And I kind of, back to the room and gave them the room you know what i mean but man oh incredible that that was that is one of the most iconic matches of all time Mm -hmm. i think hands hands down that's it it and it's so you know you you talk about um storytelling in a match and and whatnot and i know it's easy to say like oh yeah you got throw like these big painful hardcore situations but it wasn't just that it was like the way he came back after being taken to the back, you know, and climbing mm-hmm. up and just these constant moments of like, Oh my goodness, they're going to do this. You know, Oh my goodness, they're going to do this. And it, it's such a roller coaster of a match. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, really, I think just one of the most iconic matches of, of all time. In oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially back when you w- watching it live. Cause that's the first time I really saw thumbtacks and stuff too. So I was mm-hmm. like, ah, what is this? I know, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. And I learned right away. Not very, not very into thumbtacks. No. <laughs> not a big fan. Um, uh, but yeah, a lot of people, uh, Jeffrey Sullivan, best Hell in a Cell match in WWE history. Mm-hmm. All time. Tuck Grassley all time. Tell me one better. Um, and then OC, Ian says OC is the Naruto of AEW. I don't mm-hmm. know who Naruto. I mean, I know I, I can picture him, but I don't really know the character. But uh, so I'll take your word for it. Uh, okay. We're go- we're gonna transfer to Nick Wayne. So, guys, let me know your thoughts on this Nick Wayne uh, vignette. But Jimmy, while we're waiting for them to come in, Nick Wayne is this kid, and I feel very very fortunate. He grew up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, my neck of the woods, and I've been able to see just a little bit of what this kid has been able to do. Uh, in my short time, and I got to even, they showed a bunch of clips from him versus Swerve at Defy Wrestling. I actually did the ring announcement for that match. So I was there from, I, I was actually, well, I was behind the curtain. I'm going to be honest, I, I was behind the curtain, but eventually I was like, I'm just going to sneak out from behind the curtain. I'm going to watch this thing. Instead of being on the monitor, I'm going to watch it live. They tore the house down. It was absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, and that's when Swerve said, July 12th, I'm going to be your first match. And I've had that date circled on my calendar. Are we going to get Nick Wayne versus Swerve Strickland? We are. Uh, now, I don't know if you've had the chance to follow Nick Wayne or know much about him, but did no. this video, if you haven't, then that's even per- better. Did yeah. this video tell you anything about him? Are you excited about him? What are your thoughts purely from this video? Take everything I, saw- I just said and throw, throw it out. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking exactly what you were saying is this video was very good at introducing me to him. And making me interested because I, I knew Buddy Wayne, um, you know, and, and I'm familiar with him. And I'm not familiar with Nick's uh, work at, at, like you are. But now I am interested. I am curious. I want to see how he, his debut goes, especially in AEW, for, at least a debut for me. You know yes. what I mean? I thought it was presented well. The only, again, the only complaint I have is you have Darby doing the intro and talking after he had this match. You know what I mean? It's it's the timing of it. At least space it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with Darby doing the talking. It's just the way it came off, you know, with he just had this match and now he's doing this nice, you know, introduction of a, of a talent that I want to see. Yeah, it's felt weird to me. That's all. I get what you're saying. If they had just moved this to like after the acclaimed match or something, mm-hmm. it's a totally right. different thing. But it does feel weird to see Darby in this heated battle and then suddenly, like, let me take you back to a time when blah, blah. Yeah. 
yeah, just, I, I, I get what you're saying from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but you're, mm-hmm. I think the video is great, but I do get what you're saying about it being like right after a, you know, like, like it'd be like if Roman Reigns defended the mm-hmm. world title and then right after they showed the, I can't wait for the Olympics commercial uh, right. that he does. Yeah. Rebe- so, oh, <laughs> sometimes you just got to space things out a little bit and give it, give things time to breathe before you get to the next thing you want to feature. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is a, a little thing, by the way. Thank you so much. Lego brick collector for the comment. Jack ring announcing Nick Wayne was still an all time moment. It was pretty, I'll be honest. It was a, Jimmy it was a pretty good ring entrance. I'll be, cool. be honest. They, I mean, I, I like to say I, I carried them both to the finish line. They just had to walk across it. That's all. There you go. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Hold on. Yeah. Finish line. Walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I readily admit yeah. I'm stealing that. I, I carried the load for them, I think. There you go. <laughs> no, they, they, it, was a, it was a really good one. Um, uh, fun stuff over at Defy Wrestling. Lots of good stuff over there. But, um, uh, yeah, lots of other stuff. By the way, we got uh, stalking you, showing the doggy emoji. Always mm-hmm. good. Um, Tug Graph, the Roman, the Roman Reigns is in the Olympics commercial. And he's, mm-hmm. for next July, he's like, I'm not defending the title next July because that's when the Olympics are. Okay. Uh, so we, we got a uh, Jack Perry... <laughs> With the, I think, you know, they say you don't work by the hour, Jimmy. And I think, I think that Jack Perry's taking that to heart because he shows up, mm-hmm. says he's going to challenge for the FTW title, and then immediately runs away and leaves again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hook, not letting people officially challenge for the title. That's one way to keep the title, right? Yeah, uh, it is one way. And uh, uh, it's funny because somebody pointed out to me on Twitter and I didn't notice it and I haven't gone back to check it out. But he said one of the things, you know, we talk about production issues with with AEW that on the vehicle, the license plate on the vehicle had an Ontario license plate. Which were they were here last week. Oh, so they filmed it last week. Apparently, I didn't notice it. I'm taking this person's word for it who, who buzzed me on Twitter and said, hey. The, the vehicle that uh, that um, Jack Perry was in had Ontario plates, and I'm like, oh boy. And if that is the issue, if that that was the case, they need to work on these production issues. I, I get what you're saying. I'll let that one slide. I I, I've, I've, I I didn't notice. I wasn't paying attention, and I'm Canadian too, so I know the difference in the license plates. But I wasn't really paying attention to that. So, yeah. and, I, but the the fact that they noticed that kind of makes me go. I guess they weren't interested yeah. in the brawl. Right. <laughs> I do, uh, but I do. I get what you're saying. You should always try to improve those things. I feel like I would. I, I feel like I was like, like I know yeah. on NXT when I'm seeing a video package of Finn Balor saying something on the screen. I know he's not there. I know that was just filmed at Raw or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I get what you're saying. You shouldn't. You should strive to cover those things if you're going to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, like yeah, you don't like if he was wearing. You know, like you don't want someone wearing all Fourth of July stuff, and then it's like the week after Fourth of July, and they're all dressed mm-hmm. up in their happy Fourth of July shirt or something. Right. Um, but Corey Pride says Jack Perry is a much better heel than a babyface. So far, Jimmy, do you agree? Uh, I won't say better, but he's uh, actually taken to this heel heel persona very well, and it's uh, so far working for him. And let's just keep, continue to move forward. Uh, he's not really Don Mysterio territory yet, but uh, hey. Who is? Right now, yeah, exactly. Other than Don Callis, but yes, uh, I was gonna say that too. <laughs> but uh, hey, he he's embracing the role, and and it feels it feels good. Are you getting when he was talking? I don't know if maybe I am just falling for everything that is pro wrestling, but I am getting very much Christian vibes from him. The way he speaks and carries himself as a heel mm. now, like what he says and how he's acting feels very much like something I could imagine Christian saying. And I wonder if why he was working with Christian, if he was giving it advice or th- feedback, or if he's kind of in jungle Bo- or in Jack Perry's ear a little bit. Um, and I mean, this in a good way. Like I, no. I cause obviously Christian's had a pretty good career. So he's someone you should probably listen to. Uh, but I feel like I'm noticing that. I don't know if it's just cause they've been teen before. And so I'm sort of projecting or if anyone else sees that, but no, I feel that- it. I feel it. No, I could I could see how you're feeling it, and if that is the case, good for Jack Perry to be going to Christian. And I hate to admit it, 
because you know it's Christian. But hey, Christian, <laughs> Christian is great at this. He knows how to get people uh, to antagonize an audience, especially an audience that wants to like you. He yes. knows how to, you know. So if he is getting some advice from Christian and he's listening, good job. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Christian, the guy wearing a sleeveless turtleneck, the most heel thing that has ever been done, I think, in all <laughs> of history. Yeah, I mean, sure, MJF splashed a kid with vodka, but did he ever wear a sleeveless turtleneck? Yeah, that's just, uh, not even I would do that, and I know nothing yeah. about uh, style. <laughs> uh, Corey Pride giving me some credit. Good observation, Jack. Ian says, facts, Jack, very Christian-like, and Tuck Graf saying, Christian endures. Mm-hmm. I agree, Christian's... Yeah. Christian's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a match, and this one, I was so I'm so torn on this one, Jimmy. And so I, I I'm interested in talking to you about it. It's the acclaimed versus Blade and the Bollywood Boys. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of the Blade, and mm-hmm. as a wrestler, obviously I, we all love the acclaimed. The Bollywood Boys, I will tell you, are one of the most entertaining teams you will see live. I love, Mm -hmm. love, love the Bollywood Boys. And I'll tell you right now, if you are listening to this and the Bollywood Boys are at a show near you, go see them. They are so entertaining. But the whole time I'm watching this, I just can't unwrap my brain around why is the Blade and the Bollywood Boys a team right now? Right, right. Again, it's those little things. Why are they a team? I see why they are in the blind eliminator tag team tournament because they're placed together randomly. This felt random without having to draw a name out of a fishbowl. Yes. And that's the thing. And the other, you talk about little things. And I love the Bollywood boys. I think they're very, very talented. They're very, a lot of fun. But, you know, you got to get together with the guys on the other side and say, are you guys wearing these colors? Because when both teams are wearing pink and white, it is... It's it is a definite no no in WWE. That's for sure. That would have never happened. And if it did, somebody would have had their ass chewed. Yes. Yeah, I agree on that too. Because yeah, if you're new to wrestling or like like I said, I love when I go to wrestling shows bringing people that don't go to wrestling very often because they see what wrestling's all about. And that's one of those moments where I could see my friends being like, "Who's on, wait? Who's who's against who?" And getting confused very quickly. Uh, but with Blade and and the Bollywood Boys too, I feel like I get you just need a third person, but at least get someone who like feels like they match like I blade and the I, why are they a t- like like if you had I don't know commander or vikingo or someone who's just like oh this is the fun wrestler we're adding in here I get it but blade is like a no nonsense mean bad guy bruiser and the bollywood boys are these fun high flying entertainment yeah. guys it doesn't yeah. Or, I mean, I'm like, have Blade, Butcher, and Kip Saban, who have been a three-person tag team, if you want to have a three-person tag team. Uh, I don't know. So for me, it just, it really... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like the pieces, but it just it kept bothering me. Why are these three a tag team? And why, so yeah, and why did it have to be a trio? Why couldn't it just be the two acclaimed versus the Bollywood Boys? I think they would have had a hell of a tag team match. And don't get me wrong, Billy Gunn is awesome, and, and there's nothing wrong with Blade, but Blade's personage, that's the one that didn't fit here, unfortunately. Yes. And I like Blade. Yes. Blade's, you know, But it just didn't fit in this situation, that's all. Butcher and Blade are a tag team I wish they used more because I feel like they look everything you like they come out and you're like yeah these guys are terrified I, yeah. I love that about them and so I do love Blade but yeah I just like I said Bollywood boys are fun you should have had a mm-hmm. fun person with them someone who's going to be kind of silly kind of fun maybe dance them a little bit uh, and they've got a lot of people on the roster that are like that that they could have yeah. put into that spot yeah. um, but this definitely felt like they were just going uh, we need a third person right 
get out there, which that makes me feel bad because I'm glad they all got TV time. I don't want to say they shouldn't get TV time, but I, they got, you know, they, you know what I mean, though, right? And, like, and they got a nice reaction because they are they are from the west coast of Canada, so you know, people yeah. people knew who they were. That's yep. for sure. Yeah, could use the Sean Spears or somebody like that. I didn't know anybody. Another yeah. Canadian. Shane, Sean Spears, but then that also was weird because, like, why are you having the super fun guys that were supposed to love the acclaimed mm-hmm. cutting these promos and beating up the local guys that are beloved as well? Right. That also felt a little weird. Yeah, and and it felt a little weird because he made that uh, offhand comment about the, the the Canadian wildfires, which is a problem up here in Canada right now. So I don't know if he yeah. should have. Uh, yeah, yeah. That stuff. You know what I mean? Little again, little things. Yeah. Um, that's a good point too, because I, I, I'll be honest. At home, for where I'm at, I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, topical. Okay, well, I get it." But yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you, if it was like a fire that was burning in my neck of the woods, I'd be like, "Oh, that's not funny, dude. That's mm-hmm. displacing exactly. a lot of people and causing those, problems." Those people are close to it. That's why Edmonton is not far from where that's happening. So, um, in the in the chat, Clay Ford says, "Bollywood boys are so fun. Saw them with Jinder at an indie show like a decade ago. They're so fun. They are yeah. so fun. Especially yeah. if you get to see them at a local, like an like a a smaller show. You, I, I challenge you not to dance when they come out. I just challenge you. You talk about a tag team that AEW should hire. There yes, you go. there's one. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And then uh, Clay also says Bollywood boys are basically local. It was easy to get them in Edmonton. So uh, mm-hmm. Ian saying facts about the color thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brandy saying totally agree on the color matching tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian saying the color scheme wasn't supervised. Um, so, um, and we got love for Butcher and the Blade as well. Um, cool. Scotty to Dottie, where is Raj Geary and Matt Morgan? Raj is, uh, he's retired. He sailed off into the sunset. He's mm-hmm. uh no longer part of wrestling inc we're all bummed out about it but he's living by a beach sipping uh my ties probably i don't know <laughs> no i talk to raj all the time he's doing well he's just not with wrestling inc anymore matt morgan's been gone for like five years why do people i, I why, no no offense matt morgan but why do people keep asking he's been gone for so long what are you waiting i don't know um george though asks jimmy i also noticed on the pin attempt to billy gun ref aubrey started her count when we clearly saw that gun's opposite shoulder was off the mat i don't know if you caught that well again the little things those are uh sometimes uh, the referees uh, is an issue and I've, I've talked about it i don't know how many times on my ref and rants uh in the past it's just uh, just put it on the list yeah let me ask you, Jimmy, do you like when this is just a personal thing that I've heard mentioned before mm-hmm. uh, a, at wrestling shows I go to when the wrestlers are outside mm-hmm. of the ring and maybe they're out there for a minute uh, or not a whole minute, but you know what I mean? They've been out there yeah. for a, a, a little bit. What is your thoughts on the referee leaving the ring to get them back in? Is that something they should be doing or do you think that, hey, the referee needs to stay in the ring at all times? Or what, How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? It's it's a tough call because you got to kind of feel your way through it, so to speak, especially if the guys are taking longer or the gals are taking longer than they should out there. Um, I'm not a big fan of leaving the ring to go, you know, hey, get back in there, especially if you started to count and you're already at six. Right. Do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. just looks horrible because then it, 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 it looks like the referee's authority means nothing to these people. You know what I right. mean? And don't get me wrong. I, you know, it's not about the referee. The referee is there to help the talent tell their story, but this story they tell has to make sense as well and not bury the referee. Right. Well, and make the referee look like uh, his authority means absolutely nothing. Well, it's, it's like the old saying of uh, if no one cares about the rules, then there's no rules to break for the bad guy. Exactly. You know, if Good so call. you need, you need to have rules there. Either, if you don't, if, if you don't act like there are rules then what are we doing here? You There's know. a difference between bending them and breaking them, you right? Know what I mean? And and when you do it blatantly in front of the referee, uh, you know, like especially when there's uh, like tonight we saw some outside interference that that led to wins, and it just looked like the referee was purposely trying not to see. No, yeah. Um, yeah. So we move on, and we got Eddie Kingston. Is quick couple of video packages here. Uh, Eddie Kingston won the New Japan Pro Wrestling Openweight Championship from Kenta. I believe it was the Openweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it was the Strong Openweight Championship or, or how that is exactly named. But Mox asks, "What is Kingston so mad about?" Which actually kind of got a chuckle after me because Eddie is always mad about mm-hmm. something. Uh, and then he basically says, "Hey, Eddie, answer your phone." 
uh, obviously showing us that there's some stuff going on there. Right. We're also told that at Blood and Guts, each team needs to find someone new because Kingston is now in the G1 and Danielson has a broken arm. So first question. Oh, and Clay Ford, thank you for clarifying. It's the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight mm-hmm. Championship. So mm-hmm. that's what I thought, but I didn't write strong in my notes and I didn't want right. to miss say it. Um, so, Jimmy, first off, uh, what are your thoughts on them talking about Eddie Kingston winning a championship in another company. I feel like in the Monday night war days, people would win championships in other companies and you wouldn't mention it uh, on TV, but here they are. Do you think it's a good idea or do you think it like, why are we talking about another company? Well, they've had, well, they've had a, a, a bit of a relationship, so to speak with new Japan and, and, and that hardcore audience know that the, the, what is the, the forbidden door Yes, thing that they do. So it kind of, blends in with that. But at the same time, um, you can look at it from another point of view where, hey, here's one of our guys going to their company and taking one of their titles, mm-hmm. making our guy look good. You yes. know, and uh, you can look at it that way. And I guess, uh, you know, they have this this working relationship with New Japan. And uh, hey, if it works for them, it works for them. But the only thing is, uh it, it, it seems to cater to that hardcore audience, which is fine. You want your hardcore audience entertained and, and to buy in. But at the same time, you have to draw others in. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat. And I'm going to put everyone in the chat on the hot seat. I want your guys' takes here, too. Mm-hmm. Each team needs a new person uh, on mm-hmm. their team. Uh, any predictions or let's let's make it oh. more fun. Let's make it more fun. Not who do you think actually would do it, but who's someone you maybe would like to see in there, too, even if it's not realistic. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, so, with the Blackpool Combat Club, they need someone to fill in for them. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Who 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 can go in there? You know, um, they. I, I feel like a lot of the people I'd like for them to be on there on that team are mm-hmm. already on other groups, so you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But right. uh, I would love to see. I feel like someone like a Brody King would fit in the Blackpool Combat Club really well. Just a big, right. hairy, mean, bruiser kind of guy. Or uh, Josh Woods is a someone who's been on, was on Dark a bit mm-hmm. on Rampage. Uh, and he, he looks like he's kind of got the look of a Blackpool Combat Club guy. But he's right. not necessarily, uh, I don't know if he's going to turn a lot of heads yet. Uh, right. His career still getting there. But you know who was supposed to be on Forbidden Door? And didn't get a match because uh, Adam Cole got sick. It's filthy right. Tom Lawler. I'd like to see that fella oh. fill in. I think he would fit in perfectly with the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. And and or maybe you get somebody from another faction, so to speak. Maybe you maybe you get a Malachi Black decides he wants to join in for some some reason, and he's got his uh, his his others hanging around, you know, lurking yeah. about. Oh, I, don't know. Well, I like I like this one. Uh, well, Clay Ford says Josh Woods is so good. He'd be a great in BCC. Tutgrass mm-hmm. saying Goldberg. Go- <laughs> I'd actually love Goldberg. And uh, I don't know which side I'd like him on because he'd be so out of place on the elite. <laughs> so I'd kind of get a giggle out of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. actually, I could see Goldberg as part of the Blackpool as kind of Maybe. just being a muscle powerhouse for the Blackpool Combat Club and Sort that of would running be an in interesting and one. spearing yeah. people, you know. That would be uh, an interesting one, yeah. Um, maybe not not having lots of matches, but he's just the guy that kind of comes in and beats people up and whatever. You know, um, it would shock a lot of people if someone like a CM Punk joined the elite, but anyways, I doubt that's happening. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's what? Ah, man. See, that's a tough. You know, one. It, it it wouldn't happen either. But if CM Punk was on the Blackpool Combat Club side, that could be our segue into what a lot of people are Ooh. waiting for, anyways. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, John Morrison fits with the elite secular belt. Says, um, huh. I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, Punk or Will Osprey? That could be good too. Oh, Will. Yeah. Matt Taven. Uh, put Hook with the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, my mm. thing with, with Hook and Blackpool Combat Club, Hook's so lovable. Like people like right. him, and the Blackpool Combat Club is. I, I feel like he's too cool for Blackpool Combat Club in the nicest way. Like Blackpool Combat Club's too like we're dirty fighters. Where he's like, I got cool hair and chicks dig me. <laughs> I, right, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Nah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, it doesn't make sense, but it, I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks thanks for leaving me high and dry. <laughs> Sorry, uh 
Baxter says David Arquette and Goldberg. Oh Ooh, Santana and Ortiz on opposite mm-hmm. sides. Uh, Dalton Castle would be great in the elite. Dalton Castle is so entertaining. I'm a big it, fan yeah, yeah. Of, of Dalton Castle. But yeah, lots of uh, fun ideas. Uh, Luchasaurus and Wardlow for no reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting, interesting ideas there. But it'll be fun yeah. to see who they put in there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they go with big names to mm-hmm. like kind of turn heads or if they do go with maybe lesser known names to try to give them an opportunity um, on mm-hmm. a big stage. Uh, right. Because that could be the case too. Um, right. So we move on and real quick, we have this random person tag team tournament that's happening and Matt Hardy gets teamed with Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Jimmy on paper, I'm kind of frustrated with this because it's clearly just the enemies are partners tag team tournament yeah. is what it really is. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really entertained <laughs> by everything that they do in it. What are you? What are you? Uh, what are you thinking about this? I, I, exactly what you said the uh, the first part. It's not every team has to be. Hey, it's these two guys on opposite sides of the spectrum that, that don't like each other that have to tag together. Uh, we got that with pretty much almost all the tag teams in this tournament, right? Yeah, just yeah. all, so, all it, except it, for the one tonight that lost. That we'll get into in a second. Yeah, exactly. But when you do it too often, then it just, like you said, it's, oh, here we go. Two guys that that, that don't get along. Can they coexist? It's the same complaint we have in in WWE when they do that sort of thing where they have two uh, guys on opposite sides of the fence uh, having to team together. And, of course, in commentary, can they coexist? Right. That's what we're getting too much of here. When you do something too, too much, it doesn't feel special. Well, I think if it takes away the, it doesn't feel authentic. Like obviously yes. they're not really ma- making these tag teams up uh, at random, but right. when all of them just happen to be bitter rivals, you yeah. may as well just call it like the tag team turmoil tournament where it's mm-hmm. in t- like, that was the whole premise to begin with, instead of mm-hmm. pretending it's random and it just so happens that oh, they're yeah. all enemies. How about, how about this? Instead of picking names out of a fishbowl to make it look, make it look random. How about you end up teaming with the person you the person you faced in your last match? You have to team with that person, Perfect. or something along those lines. Because yeah, then it feels <laughs> like we know that this stuff is all put together. Uh, you yeah, know, we know we know we know it's not random, but like right. at least let me suspend the disbelief a little bit. You know exactly. Um, but uh, but Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett probably be one of those teams that is super entertaining. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I'll probably be okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, I think those two know how to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be, again, I think this whole thing is going to be entertaining, especially when we get to the part that I loved. I don't know how you feel about it, but Chris Jericho says he's been taking a lot of L's and Alberta is the place to restart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he traveled the roads of Canada. I'm guessing he hung out with Jimmy Corderas for a minute, uh, mm-hmm. realized that he wants to be the best Chris Jericho ever. Uh, and then we get Don Callis coming out and man, people have mm-hmm. feelings about Don Callis asks him to join the family and Jericho says maybe that said later Sammy Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia are going to be a tag team in this tournament and questions about the future of the JAS are being asked so the big question first Jimmy is JAS over well I don't know if it's over but there is dissension there and there is some disagreement especially when you have someone like Chris Jericho who came off as a babyface a lot tonight, especially being in Canada. You thought he would. I know that he did. He, you figured he was going to get cheered being yeah. in his home country. You know, th- that's just what you expect, but it's also where Don Callis is from and that didn't happen for him, but that's a completely different story altogether. But <clears throat> it's just another situation where does every faction have to have an issue? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes factions can coexist for a long time without having any issues. I get that you plant some seeds and you have a little... Uh, you know, oh, is there something going on here? Is there a little bit of a dissension going on here between these guys? But it's just, again, happening too much. I mean, I would just like, I feel like I would like to know if a group is over or not. Like even this with them asking if Jericho wants to be in another group and it Mm -hmm. kind of feels like they are, I'd rather the group just end, like let us know the group is dead instead of this like weird, is it over? Is it not over? None of them hang out Mm -hmm. together anymore. Um, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. To be honest with you, not to cut you off, I don't yeah. mind them. You know, leaving people hanging for a little bit, but don't leave them hanging too long. 
Right. It, yeah. Like you, normally I say, take your time and tell the story. But in a situation like this, this is one of those situations where the, the longer you wait, the, the more it hurts yeah. it. Yes, 100%. Because it's just, well, I think of like the pinnacle, how they kind of just slowly faded or like inner circle didn't really break up. They just kind of right. stopped being a group. And there are other groups that have kind of been the same way. And so I, I, I just want them to end. I, I like it when they end groups. Like that's half right. the fun of a good stable is the explode, the implosion of the stable and it breaking up and then having a rivalry or whatever. Right. Um, but as we, uh, but again, I, I think this, this, this tournament thing is fun. I like the team of Garcia and Guevara should be fun. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, we get a few video packages for the Owen Hart tournament, Joe versus punk Starks versus Hobbs. Uh, I think good stuff is happening over in that tournament. Any quick thoughts on that? I know we're running a little long, so we'll knock yeah. out some of this stuff. No, it's, it, it, it is. There's some good matches for this tournament. The thing is they're putting it on collision, hoping to, hoping to draw an audience. I don't know if it's going to achieve its goal though. Yeah. I hope it does. I honestly hope it does, but you know, this, this might've been something better suited for you know, the biggest show where their biggest audience is. It could have been better utilized on a Wednesday night and let people see it. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I'm a big fan of a lot of people in this tournament. So it's kind of one of those uh, double-edged swords where now I like everyone. I want them all to win. So I'm not, I'm never going to be fully happy, but I'm never going right. to be fully disappointed if that makes yeah. sense. Um, mm -hmm. So this was my favorite part of the night. And guys in the girls in the chat, let me know what you thought. Jimmy, I can't wait to talk to you about this. I'm, I have no idea what your opinions of this are going to be. But Adam Cole and MJF are the most fun thing in pro wrestling I've seen uh, in a little bit here. Probably since Sami Zayn joined the bloodline. Uh, first off, they're working out together. And Cole is kind of being a jerk, but realizes that him and MJF maybe have a little bit more in common than he wants to admit. Uh, Roderick Strong is saying, hey, bro, what's going on? He's like, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. But then they have their tag team match. And... They have the birthday party, and I just thought this was – there's wrestling and there's sports entertainment, and I was heavily sports entertained with all this, Jimmy. No, I was too. I thought it was very entertaining. And here's the thing, though, for me. As much as I was entertained and enjoying it, uh, you know, in the back of my head, I'm going, okay, this thing has to blow up at some point where Adam Cole is going to end up facing MJF for that AEW championship, but I don't want to see it happen right now. And I'm going to be more hot at them breaking up as opposed to who does the breaking up, if you know what I mean, because they're taking away an entertaining, uh, an entertaining duo away from me. And yeah, yes, I they can be entertaining as foes as well, but they showed me what they could do when they're together uh, uh, working on the same side of the fence, so to speak, and, and putting their differences aside that has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, almost, yeah. Oh, well, I, I think you and I are on the same page. Like now I'm like, I don't want them to break up. I want them <laughs> to be a team for a while. I want to, I want to, when he was like, should we have another like bro sesh? I was like, yes, do another bro sesh yeah. somewhere else. Uh, but one of the things I really loved about this too, the gym is I kind of like how they were, they, they were kind of playing into the fact about Adam Cole, I think. And, how much he can lift and work out. You know, people talk about him having to hit the gym. I think that they were kind of taking shots at the people who say that by having him do a bunch of reps and doing a bunch mm -hmm. of lifting and working out and right. MJF being impressed by the guy and just the whole thing. The fact that in a very Eddie Guerrero-esque way, people like rooting for MJF to get Adam Cole to cheat. And like, uh, you know, I mean, there's only one Eddie Guerrero pump the brakes a little bit, but you know what I mean? That like, right. like, yeah, cheat, cheat, Adam Cole. Cheat. Absolutely. I see. Um, but we, in the chat here, we, yeah, we got a lot of people saying it reminds me of Owens and Y2J friendship fest. Uh, oh, great storyline uh, by Peter. Uh, Ian said the friendship fest part. Chris Evans saying it would be a nice touch to get Brits take on this new friendship. <laughs> That'd be very interesting, but but it also is playing into the like old stories of how both of them hate Tony Schiavone and stuff like that. It was, I thought it was really well done. I thought this was just yeah. and really fun. And I'm and the be, birthday is the birthday celebration. Yeah, I, I'll be. I was really kind of touched when he's like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> the streamers and I was like, "Oh, that's so nice of him." See, and that's the thing I'm talking about. When eventually this blows up, and it will, and one of them will turn on the other. 
there won't be heat there. There'll be heat on the fact that they took away a, a, an entertaining tag team away from us. Yes. Well, so, but, but whoever does the turn then is probably, I, I don't know. Let's, should be the heel, but should be. Yeah. But they're going to be the de facto heel only because they broke up a, a fun team. Yeah. Uh, Lego brick collector says, this is incredible. Tut graph called me out saying Jack just asked himself to pump his own brakes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm fair. I tell everyone to pump the brakes, even this guy, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, uh, in the Owen Hart tournament, mm -hmm. uh, promo by Britt Baker says you can't take my pride and reminds Ruby that. Uh, she beat Ruby in the finals last year. This time around, though, Ruby has the outcast, and they use a ton of hijinks mm -hmm. to get the win over Britt Baker. And next time, we're going to get Sky Blue versus Ruby Soho. Uh, I like this one, Jimmy, because uh, I like the way this panned out. I thought the shenanigans mm -hmm. got a little bit much uh, in this one. Yeah. Um, but I will say I like the overall outcome because – while I'm a big Britt Baker fan, I feel like Britt Baker was kind of a whole division unto herself for a very mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we can get other people doing stuff, the better for right now. No, absolutely. I agree. And I thought the ladies worked hard. It wasn't maybe as, a, uh, as some people are saying, as good as their match in the finals last year. But mm -hmm. they no, they worked their butts off. They had a heck of a match. But like you said, a little too much shenanigans going on on the outside. You don't... I, it seemed to be the theme of the night. Too much of a good thing made it feel unspecial. You know, do limit your your shenanigans and save it for the finish, which where where you know she got the assist from the outside. The only thing is, and I hate to do, you know again the brothers and stripes, where they position themselves, where they look like they're intentionally positioning themselves not to see something. Right. And and that's that's just me how I feel. You know what I mean? I, probably everybody else watching didn't, but but for me watching it, going, oh, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Because yes, yeah. To me, it was I'm, just I'm wired that way. Well, no, I mean you. Of course, you see it. I think anytime you work in something and you you become hyper aware of every little thing about that, what's going on. But and I think you're right. I think. Even people who don't know, know there's that subconscious part of them that knows. Because right. anyone who's watched wrestling for any amount of time, when you see the referee blatantly turn their back heavily to all the action, you know, okay, something's going to happen. Um, and even if you're not actively thinking of that, I think there's a subconscious part in your brain that goes, okay, this is where it's happening. Mm -hmm. um, I, just, I, for me, I don't, I, I, I don't mind the outside interference in general, but this one it felt like they were doing a lot of stuff and kicking out of it and kicking out of it, as opposed to just mm -hmm. have them be effective and, and get the win with the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear you. Or if it doesn't work, have them survive. And then later the repercussions of the shenanigans are what gets them the win. So if you hit her head into the, the belt and you don't get the win, then that's the end of the shenanigans. But then later maybe she's still dizzy or whatever and still feeling right. her head and, and that, is what does her in the after effects yeah yeah because it, it feels like it just happens over and over again it's like all three of you are ineffective mm -hmm. <laughs> against brit which maybe right. was the point i don't know but i guess um but in any case that tournament marches on and we get to mm -hmm. the final of the mat of the show wheeler yuda uh versus kenny omega uh wheeler yuda cuts a promo that says he's already beaten kenny omega and uh he, tonight he's gonna do it again and we get the match. It's it's a good one between these two. Uh, Kenny is about to secure the win when Don Callis comes out and distracts Omega. Takeshita um, comes in and interferes. Kenny survives it, though, hits the one-wing angel and wins. Post-match, we get a Blackpool Combat Club attack on Kenny. Uh, the Elite eventually come out to save the day, but before Paige is able to take off Claudio's head, Dark Orders step in and we go off air. Mm -hmm. Um I, I know what you're going to say to this one. I know how it's going to end, but take it away. What were your thoughts? No, I, I enjoyed the match. These guys had a heck of a match, and there were times where they had me believe that Yuta might win this thing, and that's the challenge. That's the thing. You know, where you have matches, that, and you say, oh, I don't see so-and-so winning, and I don't see so-and-so winning. Going into the match, I thought that. I said, I, I don't see Kenny losing this match, but they got me a couple of times where I said, ooh, could have happened there. That looked pretty good. The my only issue was again after the win by Kenny Omega, we got the aftermath and him getting beat down and getting you know outnumbered. 
you aren't his buddies there watching right why did it take him so long to go down there to even the odds and, and kind of you know save his butt right it, 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 to me that's it's those little things that, that that don't make sense to me it should have been a lot happened a lot quicker anyway so that's just just for me and and sometimes you don't need to end in chaos right well and i think they it felt like they ran out of time so i think to your mm-hmm. to, the, to the point your point they probably should have gotten down there a little bit faster because mm-hmm. they ran out of time i i do think that this is this is where i agree sometimes i'm like you know what the the flow of the show it's repetitive but it, it, at the end of the day i have fun but this is definitely one where i think almost every match had shenanigans that led to the end i mean yeah wheeler yuda kenny did um Britt Baker, Ruby Soho did mm-hmm. not really Cole versus an MJF, but I mean, that one was kind of all shenanigans in a way, but there was uh, aftermath in that with the birthday party. Yep. Aftermath in that with the birthday party, acclaim versus the Bollywood boys didn't have it, I guess. So there's that, but Keith Lee swore. So maybe just the end there, but yeah, it was just to me, I don't mind post-match stuff, especially to go off the air, but like this is where I felt the words, I, I the 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 famous Jimmy K mm-hmm. catchphrase, and that is twenty pounds of potatoes in a ten-pound <laughs> bag. Yes. And and the other thing too that uh, I don't know if you caught this, uh, at least I hope it wasn't my imagination. Just as they were going off the air, Uno was in the ring, was he not? Yeah, that was Riser going off the air. Uh, Uno and the the Dark Order were yeah. stopping. That was that was where I was like, okay, we, we're we're doing too much at once here. We, yeah. Um, that's something that I would have rather was a backstage segment, right. you know, them saying, "Hey, dude, don't go out there," or whatever. I don't know uh, yeah. where they could have how they could have done that, but um, it feels like there's a lot going on, especially because I'm not mm-hmm. sure if Callus's team is part of the Blackpool Combat Club or not. Like they're so closely related, but he's calling it like right. the Callus family, but right. they're also kind of with the Blackpool Combat Club, and then there's yeah the elite but there's also kind of the dark order and it's it's kind of a confusing situation where i I think for me there's a lot of these post-match things where they're saying this is the story where i think what we need is some mic time and some segments and some things to sort of explain what the situation is between these Mm -hmm. guys i feel like this is where a a paul Heyman would come out and say i am not part of the bloodline i am the wise man who speaks on behalf of the tribal chief i i would like a i would like a don Callis say look i am not part of the blackpool combat club but we have a mutual interest right now or something to just explain like okay i get what this is right now or whatever that case may be no Um, agreed agreed um at the end of the day though i had a lot of fun watching this episode no, there was a lot of fun, but again, it's those little things that, uh, for me, sometimes while I'm enjoying something, it's like, okay, why did they have to do that? Yeah. Oh, why did, oh, did you see that? They could have done that a little different. Just little things. They need to work on to tighten some screws. Yeah, it's, um, it, it was very, very entertaining. I always say that, um, and I mean this in the best way. AEW is like the world's best indie show with a network television production. And I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, that is how it comes across. Right. But I think when you're a weekly TV show, you have to adjust certain things because the indie show style isn't meant to be seen every single week. It's meant to be seen mm-hmm. sporadically when the indie show is in town. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Um and you get away with certain things on those shows because you're like, yeah, it's fun. That's cool. But when I'm seeing it every week, that's where I think some of the episodic television aspects should be filtered in, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense to me. You're, you are almost preaching to the choir. my friend. Um, so we got a few things here as we sign off. Uh, Ian says, facts, Jack. I'm always going to highlight the things that agree with me. Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> best Paul Ham impression ever. I don't know if I'm the best at impressions, but I'll take it, Tuck Graff. Uh, 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 Paul is awesome. It's just, and he's so he's so open to everybody. Like, yeah. like it, it, it's funny. Like, I'd, I'd be, you know, when he was in charge of SmackDown, I, he, he would, when I had an idea that to throw at him, he'd always listen and, and sometimes actually incorporate. He is, I, I always say he is the very best of, uh, he's the very best uh, on the mic when it comes to selling something. Mm-hmm. He could mm-hmm. he could sell any show 
on planet Earth. And I'll, I'll be like, yeah, he's going to get me to tune in. The best. Yeah, he's the awesome. best. Um, now, as we sign off, Jimmy, let me know your overall thoughts on the show and where the world can find you. And everyone in the chat, let me know your thoughts. And we will uh, see what the show came out to. No, like you said, it is a fun show. It just needs to feel like more of a uh, a big time operation. A you know the, the, those little things, those little those screws need to be tightened. That's all. Other than that, it, like you said, it was fun. And just those little things that took me out of certain situations at times. Uh, as far as where you can find me, obviously here on Wednesday nights and Monday nights. Uh, usually it's Triple J on Monday nights, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Triple J is back this coming Monday, so that should be I be- fun. I believe so. Yeah, so that should be fun. Welcome, uh, Justin, back. Um, you can catch me, my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, and our host, RJ, as we do the Reffing It Up podcast uh, on a weekly basis. usually drops on Wednesday mornings, and uh, this week, what we did was we didn't have talk about anybody in particular. We didn't have a guest. We took fan questions, and we answered them. Ooh. Ask us anything, basically. Segment. Did they and, ask you who your least favorite co-host on Wrestling Inc. is? No, they didn't. <laughs> Not that well, I would answer. Anyways. Shame on you, everybody. You should have said that. You, you know me. I, I'm Canadian. I won't bury anybody. <laughs> but anyway, uh, except uh, Shawn Michaels. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you can catch me on my social media platforms every day from Monday to Friday doing my ref and rants. Where, again, it's a critique to help tighten screws not to tear down but to hopefully help lift up uh yes and i definitely recommend everyone check those out you and me have been doing the heavy lifting at wrestling inc here the past few days past couple weeks you and i just carrying the the load here so feel free to leave a five-star review everyone's saying jack and jimmy carrying the load five (laughs) uh everyone thanks so much for joining us in the chat we got uh, Bernie DC, Tut Graff, Ian Adams, uh, Ricky Zaldivar saying seven out of 10. Jeffrey saying decent episode, Lego Brick Collector, uh, 100%. I think that's something else, but I already highlighted it, so I'm putting it up there. Okay. <laughs> Clay Ford, great show, 7.5. Lego Brick Collector says seven. Um, and uh, we got a few others here. George saying seven um, and uh, 7.5, seven. Lots of good stuff in there. So, uh, everyone, again, thank you to Ricky, Ian, Lego Brick, uh, Clay, uh, George, Dream Realm Studios, coming in late, uh, <laughs> Secular Belt, uh, and uh, everybody else. Appreciate y'all. Um, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media, including Spill and Thread, the two new ones. I don't, I haven't really posted anything yet, but every time I see a new one come up, I have to sign on and park my name over there. Uh, <laughs> But, um, we'll see if they last. I don't know. I'm over there though. Uh, you can follow me, uh, like I said, at real Jack farmer. Uh, I think I'm on the SmackDown after show this week. It's on my calendar. I got to double wow. check if that's, if, if I'm doing that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should be there also had a chat with EC three this morning that should be going up on the site. Uh, and that's what makes you just you and me, me. Ah, that's that's there you go. EC3 awesome. line. Uh, it was a fun chat. So you guys will be in for a treat when that's up there. Follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your news. And we will see you on Friday for the After Smackdown show. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.